Okay, we're back for another episode. I'll get to start off with a little bit of history. Um, all these are kind of in the same vein, and since we're still in March, Women's History Month, they all have to do with women. So to start us off, in 1950, actress Olivia de Havilland, I've never been able to say her last name correctly, uh, won for Best Actress at the 22nd Academy Awards for her role in The Heiress. In 1998, Helen Hunt won for the same award, Best Actress, at the 70th Academy Awards for her role in As Good As It Gets. And in 2003, Nicole Kimmon won at the 75th Academy Awards for her role in The Hours. Brandon likes film. Lauren prefers TV. Together, they chronicle life in a peak entertainment era. Welcome to It's a Streamable Life. If you're listening to this, and that means you've pressed play on another edition of It's a Streamable Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Today's episode will highlight us playing catch up with a batch of Oscar-nominated films. And we'll also discuss uh, episodes four and five of HBO Max's generation. But first, let's review some news. First up, this week's headlines. Um, We want to first start by sending our condolences to the grieving families across the nation who are uh, victims of gun violence um, from our own state here in Indiana um, to the families in Atlanta and most recently Colorado. Just just horrific uh, incidences caused from gun violence and hopefully um, Congress and whoever acts now to curb to curb the the instances of gun violence in the country right righty in headlines first uh breaking today um disney announced the same day release dates for both their tentpole films black widow and cruella and it just shifted the entire uh theatrical release schedule for this year so as we all know, Black Widow has been wanting to come out since last year. Um, and Cruella was supposed to be one of their big summer films this year. But now both will shift back a bit and be released in theaters as well as on Disney Plus with premiere access, which means $30 to see yeah. those films. So be Cruella will be in May and Black Widow in July. Mm. Yes, that's correct, because Top Gun will come out a few days before Black Widow now. I think Black Widow will drop July 9th, if oh, I'm not okay. again. Yeah, and Corel will be sometime in May. So then that shifts um, several films on their docket a, a few weeks back. Um, for instance, uh, Marvel's Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings will move from July to the fall. Um, and other films will move. So it hasn't affected films coming out next year, but films this year will be moved back to accommodate that shift. Okay. Um, in some why news, uh, Showtime is developing a Capital Attack limited series. Wow. Yeah, based on, <laughs> based on the attacks that just occurred in, what was that, January, February 6th, whenever? Yeah, it seems like that. 
Yeah, so this is the same network that had the Comey Rule series as well, which no one else asked for and not that many people watched. So yeah. I don't know what they're doing at Showtime. Hmm. And in similar news, HBO Max is developing a sequel series to the film A Time to Kill. Um, that that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it, okay, allegedly Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey, who starred in the first film, will reprise his role as the lawyer and they're pulling the story from the third book by this author um featuring the the same character but this time he'll be defending a child who kills a police officer and has to solve the mystery so it's the same white savior trope story yeah wow so i don't know why we need that in 2021 he he does not stray away from like playing southern roles like he just sticks with that that's that's definitely his sort of lane. Yeah. And uh, finally, my last headline, HBO is reading a two-part documentary on the life of actress Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Um, I often forget how sudden and tragic her death really was. Yeah, it was really strange. Yeah, and there's still mystery shrouding it till this day, but um, it will explore her career and again, her untimely death um, back in 2009. So that, that should be very interesting because HBO never fails on their documentaries. No, no, they, they do a pretty good job. Yeah. All right, then uh, I'll get to the news that I have. First up, um, Ellen DeGeneres and her show, um, according to New York Times, they have lost almost a million viewers since the uh, story broke about her you know, running a toxic workplace. And oh, wow. um, yeah. So uh, I think the, I think I saw a number that said they average, you know, there's still a lot of viewers. They average like 1.5 million viewers, but that's all down from 2.6 at the same time last year. And, you know, those numbers recording are coming from, um, from uh, Nielsen. So yeah, uh, that's crazy though. Just, you know, for that story. And I guess that shows you what can happen, but. Mm-hmm. Well, who's to i don't know it, you know what we've seen that a lot i don't know if you watched it at all but um on youtube there used to be a uh, cooking channel called bone appetite it's still there oh i've heard of it yeah yeah and they had this big racism problem there was a pay issue and a lot of stuff happened and they went silent for like i wouldn't say th- three months in the pandemic last year and then they they popped back up with new videos and kind of addressed everything and it just wasn't the same like people weren't watching as much it's it's strange i haven't watched them since so yeah yeah that's been a theme all right um okay uh moving on emerald fennel i hope i said her last name right the uh director for um promising young woman is set to write um, the script for Zatanna, who is part of the DC universe. So I didn't know anything about Zatanna, still really don't, but uh, it's kind of interesting how, you know, these directors that get these big roles or they get these big movies that come out and then bam, it's like the next step is to do something uh, comic book related. So I guess she's on that same trajectory, but, you know, that's good for her. Yeah. And Zatanna is sort of like a, a magician type hero. Her father was a, a large magician and then she sort of takes the helm. So it's like magic and stuff like that. Oh, okay. All right. 
So yeah, maybe that would be pretty good. But yeah, I thought that was uh, interesting. And then um, the last piece I have is about uh, National Geographic's Genius, which this year is focusing on uh, the singer Aretha Franklin. And I wish I had good news, but uh, what's coming out is that the family has denounced the entire series, just coming out and saying that it, uh, um, they don't want people to watch it, that the, uh, the show didn't have their blessing and um, stuff isn't accurate is what they're claiming. So um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Apparently they were in contact with them and then it just stopped. And so I'm not sure who's at fault, but they are not happy about this series, so. Yeah, I, I heard an interview with the showrunner and she she has stated like she worked with the estate and I guess one of her nieces was part of that establishment. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where, how many family members are part of the estate or not. Right. But, you know, it there seems to be some type of like miscommunication about who was aiding who. Right, um, right. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. I know people are watching though. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people tuned in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It looks like we have two trailers up for trailer things. So first um, was them. This is a the first in a anthology series from uh, Little Marvin and executive produced by Lena Waif mm-hmm. for Amazon Prime. It's a horror anthology series. Um, did you happen to see the trailer? Yeah, I saw it yesterday. Okay. Um, it, it looks interesting. It's about a family from South Carolina who moves to Compton, California. And at this time, Compton was white. <laughs> it was, was a new uh, burgeoning suburb. And of course, they're going to face racism, but there's some type of other element brooding inside their home. So uh, yeah. it, it looked pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably check it out when it comes out, but I saw a lot of backlash to it, I think, because Lena Waithe was connected to it, and people kind of have a weird, um, I guess, relationship with, with her work, so. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, too, and, um, like, that's that's fair to sort of, like, critique Lena for past, you know, mistakes, but just wait till, it, I would say just wait till it comes out, because right. she it's not her show like right excuse me goodness executive producing is not you know writing and creating and directing the series so exactly so so um we'll have to see what exactly the the series entails and that drops april 9th okay all right uh then the trailer that i watched was and i think this came out today earlier today was for the hbo show the nevers and i think we spoke about this a maybe a month or so ago when we first got like a teaser trailer mm-hmm. but this is the official trailer and um the story follows uh it's like set in victorian london and there's like a group of people they're kind of scattered throughout the city that have um, supernatural powers like this 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 event happens and it gives these people powers and most of the people that have the powers are women and um you know they just kind of range from all over the place but uh they're looked at they're seen as kind of being like low class or different or weird and there's some danger because people want to like kind of i don't know collect them or use them but um 
it looks interesting. It looks like it'll be really good. And um, it starts April 11th. So I'll definitely be checking that out on HBO. Yeah, the trailer was very interesting. And I have to say, April seems to be like packed with with new shows and yeah. things coming up. So it's going to be a busy month. All right. Speaking of new shows, let's get into what we were streaming for this past week. Yeah. Brandon and Lauren streams of the week. Um, I'll go first. I, of course, the comic book head that I'm not, but MCU head I am, I tuned into Disney Plus's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. uh, first episode, and it was pretty good. Um, this series will explore the Falcon and the Winter Soldier post- you know, the events of Endgame, it's six months later, and there's no Captain America, and there's really no heroes right now, so the Avengers are all sort of split up and scattered, and uh, Sam Wilson um, has denied the mantle, because at the end of Endgame, Steve Rogers said he wanted him to be the next Captain America, but Hmm. he feels like he's not up to it, so he, you know, gives it to the Smithsonian. Meanwhile, Bucky Barnes is sort of trying to figure out what civilian life will be like for him since you know he's 104 years old technically and he hasn't known anything but war you know as as a brainwashed assassin as a fugitive and then fighting you know thanos he doesn't know anything else so it's interesting to see him sort of try to get back to a a, a semblance of reality Mm -hmm. of normality and um, they'll eventually cross paths when a new threat arises and there's really no hero to, to protect the innocent. Um, and meanwhile, the government has appointed a new Captain America after saying that, after Sam giving up the shield, they appoint some white guy. So it's going to explore why America doesn't want a black Captain America as well and what that means. Oh. Wow. So that's on Disney Plus, and the new episode drops every Friday. Okay. All right. Um, well, I watched a couple movies. The first one I watched was Ammonite, and this is on um, Amazon. And this is the film that stars Kate Winslet, Shirsha uh, Ronan, uh, Fiona Shaw is in it. And they are, there is a, a, a Kate Winslet plays a paleontologist but well, okay let me this story is like loosely based on the life of a real life paleontologist named Mary Anning and um they've kind of added this romantic element to it with a, a woman that she she meets and um kind of tracks that through the time that it was that it was happening it was like the oh I can't remember when they were of oh, Jesus but anyways um so we, we see that how it grows and um, once again, like I said, she's a paleontologist, and this was like in the, like the 1800s. So you can imagine the times and everything, and how things were going back then for women and just people in general. And um, I don't know, it, it was all right, but it seems that we keep getting hit with the same story because mm-hmm. there was the one, the movie I watched during Sundance that had uh, was her name Catherine Watterson. Yeah, and. Uh... Big, uh, I, I know what you're talking about. Like the, they were Amer, 
way. Yeah. They were like, they were like part of like the settlers and then they fell in love with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's just, it, I couldn't separate it from that. And it was just kind of like, we keep getting the same thing over and over. I'm starting to think that black lesbians don't exist. Um, <laughs> it's just, it was all right, but it was, it wasn't that great. But um, then the second thing I watched, and I watch the show all the time, is uh, Finding Your Roots with uh, Henry Lewis Jr. And this is like, uh, they used to have a show like this on TLC that did a similar thing. They go back and they track your history. But this episode was interesting because the people that he focused on, they had Ann Curry, Lisa Ling, and Christiane Amanpour. And, um, you know, all big, huge journalist and um but it was just it was just really interesting to track uh you know where they had come from and just hear a little bit of their history lisa ling's family was i don't even know like her story was was crazy like it it dealt with the invasion of china by the japanese her (laughs) i think her grandfather or one of her great friends somebody ran a brothel it was nuts it was crazy and curry's parents met during um World War II, her dad is white and her mother is a, uh, is Japanese. And then Christiane Amanpour, um, her mother is British and her father was um, somewhere, I think, Persia. And it, it was just really, really interesting. And it stuck out to me. And I couldn't tell if they sh- had sh- they showed this episode because of what happened or this in terms of, you know, the Asian community being targeted or if they just mm-hmm. happen to have this one lined up but right. either way um, the show comes on I'm not sure when it actually airs but it's really good because it gets in depth and like it's not showy and overproduced it's just him and another person sitting at a table and I know it's really good No Concessions with Brandon's Film of the Week So usually I have a film, but this show, this time it's a show, and I know I've spoken about this show multiple times, but I'm going to do it again. This is Babylon Berlin, and this is on Netflix, and it deals with um, pre-war Berlin and the Germany and whole, and just how, oh God, we have a, you get a little bit about the war, politics, police, the poverty, and everything, and it makes for like this really great show. Um, you know, with Berlin as the backdrop, it's kind of dreary and drab, but um, the first two seasons are like just twisting and all over the place. And when it comes to the climax, you're kind of like, wait a second, like how in the hell, but it's really well done. And I'm speaking about now because I just finished the third season. It's been out for almost a year, but I finally knocked it out. And um, it's not as good, but it's still good. And I think it's worth watching. And if I'm not mistaken, this is like the most expensive show ever filmed in Germany. I think it was, I can't remember the exact numbers, but when the first season came out, it was, it was, it was huge. So um, yeah, it's still on Netflix. It's considered a Netflix original, I believe. So it's going to be on there forever. But if you don't mind reading English subtitles or listening to German, I would check it out. It's really good. Yeah, I definitely might check it out because I just started, um, that series elite on netflix yes series yes. and that subtitles I'm, I'm trying to get more into foreign series because right, i right. think they're really good so 
I'll definitely peep that out. All right. And right now we'll take a short break and return with our NOT. Negroes on TV. Today's NLT will focus on HBO Max's Generation, the new dramedy series. Um, And we have two episodes here, episode four and five, uh, Pussy Power and Gays and Confuse. (laughs) Um, Let's see, episode four, uh, introduce another, I guess, character to sort of focus on, um, Naomi and Nathan's mother, Megan. Yeah. And I I like how they're introducing the parents as well. And I hope we get to see more parents as we go along. Right. Um, Because that that would be an interesting take on the series. Um, She definitely reminds me of Reese Witherspoon's character from uh, Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, strong, neurotic uh, sort of characteristics, the sort of super religious, organized type A personality um, but it's like losing control underneath, yeah. underneath everything. Um, what did you, the scene with her in the bathroom, what was happening? Hold on. Which scene? When she was sitting and texting? No, no, no. She, it's like she's washing her hair and like oh, she yeah. broke the nail, but then like she started like, it looked like she was like short of breath. like. What was yeah, that? I at first I thought it was like an asthma attack, and then I was like, maybe was, she was having like a panic attack. Maybe it's anxiety. Like okay, because yeah, at first I thought maybe she was having a heart attack. First, right. I was like, well, dang, like, are we not going to have her for long? But right. yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on there. But um, that that makes sense. Like the anxiety of you know her son not being who she wants him to be. Um. And then that scene with her, all the subtext, like the scene with her and the other parent, that conversation, yeah. her at the, I guess at the PTO meeting about the cookies yeah. and just how her bigotry is sort of expressed in different ways. Right. Um, and then you had uh, the scene with the with um, Ariana's fathers and just how there's a lot of people out there who are friends with, um, people different from them, whether it be race or sexual orientation, whatever, but s- still harbor these feelings of your other or your right, left exactly. um, and don't realize it. So, or that you're not that black or you're not that gay. So it's, right. it's still messy. Um, and I love the way they tell the story with like the, um, crossing timelines like yeah yeah so we saw the that scene from their perspective and then we see it from nathan's when he sneaks down to get it take a drink whatever right yeah um what were your thoughts on the first episode or i thought it was i thought it was pretty good and uh you know interesting how it picked up from the last episode um i i get obviously it's a storyline they can't ignore but i'm sure we're going to get a full episode or two about the baby 
and right. everything. Yeah, we need we to just, get into Delilah's background. Yeah, we just got like a glimpse. You finally gave birth, and then the other, you know, person, the father of the baby came, or I guess since they're non-binary, I'm not sure what you address. The other parent, we'll say that. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it was it was decent. I thought it was it was funny. It had its funny moments, but uh, I've, it kind of threw me off because I think I was expecting the episode to be longer, and then it just stopped. I was like, "Wait a second! Like what?" Yeah, it, they go by really fast. But then the next episode, episode five, felt a little longer because I think we were just sitting with right the same characters. Right. Um, episode five, gazing confused focuses on Riley, Greta, and Chester and sort of this day off because the wildfires in California, they were afraid they were too to get they were afraid they were getting too close to the school. So they right. they canceled school and they just sort of have a day to hang out. They um ride around. Um they eventually end up at the no the aquarium was the other episode. No, yeah, this one they just kind of ride around and right, um, take pictures, and yeah, stuff. yeah, go to burgers and stuff like that. Uh, Riley and Greta sort of become closer in their relationship. Right. Um, we get a little bit more backstory on Riley's uh, home life. Her parents are going through a separation. Yeah, I think so. So things are pretty tense there. Um, and then Greta, they eventually go to Greta's and sort of hang out with her older sister. Um, and you can see like a sort of a familial relationship growing between the three of yeah. them, which is good for Greta because she, she feels like she has a family at home, but her family is sort of like dispersed right now. Right. Um, and then with Chester, um, we see him sort of baiting counselor Sam on an app and just what type of danger that could propose for both of them right right yeah i was kind of hoping oh go ahead no no go ahead oh i was gonna say i was, was kind of hoping the storyline wouldn't go that way even though you could feel it from like the second they met but um i don't know it almost seems too predictable but maybe nothing will come of it so i guess we just have to wait and see yeah, and I would be interested to see exactly how uh, Sam reacts. Um, right. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, become this character we've all seen before and whatnot right. and different things. So maybe we'll subvert our expectations. Though. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, I'm guessing they'll release two more episodes on Thursday. I don't know exactly yeah. the plan here, but Feels like two more episodes will come this Thursday. And now our feature presentation. Alrighty, and now we'll get into our feature presentation here where we all sort of play catch up yes. on the Oscar front, seeing films here and there that are either nominated um, this year uh, you can go go ahead and go first because I see you watch quite a bit. Yeah, to be fair, uh, th- some of them are just a matter of finishing. So I finally finished the Five Bloods, and I know we you spent time talking about it, and 
I think we talked about it and I talked about it as much as I could because I hadn't finished it. But um, yeah, it's so, it's really good. It's uh, uh, weird to kind of see Spike Lee do almost like a an action movie because that's what this movie turns into. Yeah, uh, like the whole third act is just... <laughs> yeah, it was like, wait a second. I was not expecting that. <laughs> but uh, the flashbacks, the the storyline of why they're there and mm-hmm. yeah, little splashes of you know what America was like in the time and you get hits of PTSD and there was a lot. And, um, but it, it was really good. So good. So, uh, um, hopefully it does well at the Oscars. Um, the other thing I watched was the life ahead with, oh God, Sophia Loren. And before I get into that, I just want to say that I did not know Sophia Loren was still alive. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that until this yeah. film. Now. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Um, but to be fair, she's, I mean, she's good. She's obviously an older woman now, but um, this one is, uh, she, she, how do I say this? She, she's a former prostitute and she's a Holocaust survivor and her home, she kind of turns it into a home for children, for women that are other working women, other prostitutes, people that have nowhere to go or anything. So, um, eventually a young boy shows up who's a immigrant initially he he kind of like robs her but then you kind of see the story of how they um, get closer and uh, become closer and she as she ages there's different problems that she's going that she's having and I'm trying to talk about it without giving it away but um, it's it's really good it's I can see how it got nominated and I'm not sure what it will win, but um, you know, uh, I think it's a good entry from from Netflix. So pretty, pretty good. And then the last thing I watched was uh, the little short film. I think this is like 19 minutes long, and it's called "A Love Song for Latasha." And uh, I want to get her last name because I forgot it. Latasha Harlins, yeah. that's her. That's her full name, and uh, this one was really, really powerful. It's kind of it's, it's a short. It's nineteen minutes, and I kid you not, for most of it, you don't even see people. You hear their voices, and they're kind of like drawings and photos of Latasha, photos of the area, um, kind of just artistic things going on. But um, you know, Latasha Harlins was a, a young girl who uh, was killed by a shop owner when she was, uh, I think, just 15. And um, her death kind of fueled part of the, uh, the LA riots in uh, 1991. There was a lot going on then, but this was part of it. She had, uh, she had gone in there, she had been followed or something. And I, I think the story they tell is that they thought that she had stolen the juice that yeah. she had. and. A shop owner just shot her and from there los angeles exploded but it's kind of sad because you know we're still living in a similar world you know that's still a possibility every day you know yeah. um, just that type of racism and um ignorance that people hold on to but yeah it was really touching really good and uh 
I'm, I'm not sure about the other entries in that category, but I think this has a good chance. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I was really surprised how how good it was. Um, yeah. A very touching tribute to her memory from the people that knew her so well. Right. It was yeah. really good. And the Five Bloods is only up for best score. So, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, they. I, I really think it came out too early, too early to remember with this extended like uh, eligibility time and everything right. they just yeah so i finally watched promising young woman which is out to rent and i guess buy now on blu-ray if you want to yeah. do that um stars carrie mulligan um directed and written by emerald Fennell, who i know she was an actress as well yeah i didn't either yeah she's like on this season of the crown which i wasn't mm. i didn't know that but um it's about a 30-year-old uh, college dropout was a former med student who um, basically has made it her mission in life to sort of expose men who um, are predators. You know, the yeah. nice guy who target women at clubs um, in vulnerable situations to take advantage of them. And this is all based from an incident from college that she can't let go. Um, I don't want to give too much of the story away because it it gets a little it gets dark. I mean, it's a dark premise. Yeah. Um, but Mulligan is excellent as Cassie. That's the main character. Um, also stars Bo Burnham, uh, yeah. Cox, Clancy Brown, and um, Jennifer Coolidge. And oh, wow. as a brunette, I didn't even like recognize. <laughs> so, um, but it's a very well-written uh, movie, expertly directed. Um, and yeah, you just have to see it because it, it's, it speaks to so much of what is wrong with society. It, it's just yeah. a mirror to the way the culture, culture treats women. And, almost every facet, especially when it yeah. comes to sexual assault and just not believing them and the institutions that sort of protect harmful men and just expect women to to do all the changing and whatnot. Right. So yeah, definitely check it out. It's up for, I believe, six Oscar nominations, if I'm not mistaken, picture, <laughs> Uh, original screenplay, best director, best actress, maybe a few others, um, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I have to try to catch it before they change the price on the yeah on the rental. <laughs> yeah, that will suck. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really good. All right, um, what you will you be streaming for the weekend? I think I got a couple things. Um, I think it already started, but. Um, HBO has this thing called Q into the storm and it's about the whole QAnon movement. And, uh, I'm, I'm interested in just see what comes out of that. I haven't, I know a little bit about it, but I'm not super familiar with everything about it. So hopefully this will explain some, um, there is the Tina Turner documentary on HBO as well. And then, um, genius on National Geographic, Aretha, when, and I didn't know 
about that is that usually with the, I watched the last two seasons of that show and they stretch it out over like eight weeks, but this was I think like four episodes over two nights. Yeah. I yeah. believe they're showing like two episodes a night. Yeah. So yeah. I've heard it's pretty decent. Um yeah, I've only seen good things about it, just aside from what the family said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, for me, uh, like you said, this Saturday, she was dropping the Tina documentary. Um, I've only heard good things about it. Like we said before, they rarely miss with the documentary. So yeah. I'm going to check that out, especially given that Tina sort of has had poor health. You know, she right. suffered from a stroke as well as cancer. So um, this, she's definitely in, you know, the final stages of her life and this is sort of like a last hurrah for her story which is incredible right and then amazon prime on friday drops invincible this is the animated uh, series based on the robert kirkman comic about a superhero teenager who's learning to use his powers and wants to follow in his father's footsteps only to realize that his father isn't all the hero he turns out to be um, star Steven Yoon in the lead um, and a host of like great eight actors from J.K. Simmons to Sandra Oh to Mahersha oh. Ali like the list goes on and on and on with this you said guy. this is on, on what network? On Prime, what? Amazon okay. Prime yeah um, it is TVMA because uh, the trailer it gets bloody and real mm. so def I'm definitely going to peep that out yeah all right. Thank you for listening to Is This Room a Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. If you want more, please follow us at AS Life Podcast on social media and visit our website, streamablelife.wordpress.com. Uh, next week, we'll wrap the end of March already <laughs> with our quarter one review and prep our quarter two preview to see what's coming up in the next three months. Until then, keep on streaming. Peace. This has been It's a Streamable Life, a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. Listen, share, rate, and subscribe weekly on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get Streamable Life.